from the Hustle and Faith, this podcast is dedicated to helping you find your trail to a happier, healthier you by discussing topics like self-improvement, business, health and beauty, and random thoughts about life from a Christian perspective. I'm your host, Tasha Johnson. Are you enjoying the Hustle and Faith podcast? Regardless of where you listen to Hustle and Faith, if you love this show, please leave us a review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash Hustle and Faith. Again, that's ratethispodcast.com forward slash Hustle and Faith. Doing so will help others to discover this show. Thanks again for your support. It is very much appreciated. Are you ready to break free from the worker bee mentality? Life is way too short to learn everything the hard way. Why not take a shortcut and use Starring You services to help start your side hustle? Starring You is proud to offer the following services. Marketing consulting, podcast research, content marketing, course creation, and voiceover work. Starring You services will help you acquire the skills you need to break free from the hive. So today I have the absolute pleasure of speaking with Colin Jamison. Colin is a account executive for Goosehead Insurance. Welcome to the show, Colin. Thank you, Tosh. I appreciate you having me on. It means a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's not a, there's not too much. I'm a young guy, so I've got <laughs> a, a, a very long and exciting life ahead. Um, but I was born in uh, New Jersey, Pennsylvania area. I uh, grew up there for about 10 years, moved to Wisconsin. Uh, my mom's a doctor, so she wanted kind of a private practice. So grew up the rest of my life in, in Wisconsin. I attended the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Um, I got a couple degrees um, from there, economics, communications, and global health, um, which has helped me kind of build a, a broader understanding of not only numbers, but how those numbers work in the world today. Um, I graduated. I was originally going to go into private equity or investment banking. Mm -hmm. Um, and kind of, you know, switch my focus and switch what I wanted to do Um, from a a pretty unique situation of somebody I graduated with. He he finished number one in our class and I've always respected him. Mm -hmm. Just kind of crossing the street, telling him what I was going to do. And um, he said, hey, you know, give uh, give Goosehead a look before you sign anything and and move on that. So went from kind of a uh, the, the prospects of a New York private equity investment banking gig um, to being now here at uh, Goosehead as an account executive. And uh, I'm, I'm very, very happy uh, that I went this route instead. Okay. In full transparency, I am very happy you went this route instead because <laughs> otherwise you and I never would have met. So I appreciate <laughs> just, it. <laughs> exactly. Just to tell the audience, he is my, um, you know, I, I have my insurance through Goosehead and you are my agent. So full transparency. And he is amazing. So that's one of the reasons why I'm having him on this show. <laughs> well, Tosh is too nice. So I appreciate yes, it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what kind of motivated you to get into insurance? Yeah, it was, you know, it's kind of the idea of, you know, do I want to help rich people get richer and protect their money? Um, I think that was cool just with mm-hmm. my economics background and how I understand numbers. And, you know, I consider myself a pretty smart guy. So I, I like that aspect of it. But at the end of the day, I think just helping others. Uh, my parents are both very religious and, and I was raised in a big family. Uh, I was raised in a very grounded background and I'm very grateful for that. Um, so it just translated to, you know, do I want to help other people? Um, and when I could help other people, 
you know, get properly covered, uh, get an educational background um, instilled in them so they can make good decisions and then ultimately, you know, save them money. Uh, that just seemed a little bit more appetizing for kind of my mission statement and what will fulfill me in the long term. Fantastic, fantastic. And I knew, uh, again, just so the audience knows, because I've been around for a while and I've gone through various insurance uh, companies. And again, like I said, I, I knew I wanted to have you on the show because it, I felt that right off the bat. Like you're very, like very honest. It, it, it came across very genuine in your advice and all that good stuff. So um, that's a perfect segue into my next question. What is some of the criteria that people should look for when they're choosing an insurance company and an agent? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a loaded gun question, but I'll do my yeah. best to answer it. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things. We'll start with unpacking the first, just you know how to choose a company. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest discrepancy between you know making a choice of companies is not well how well do they advertise, but you know how good is this company on paper? Yeah, um, there's a pretty easy way to kind of root out you know the good companies from the bad. It's a financial stability rating. Um, and it's based on how well do they pay out claims and the law of large numbers. So if you take a representative data sample and you say, you know, what has this company done in the past? How long have they been in business? How well do they pay out clients claims? You know, it's great to have insurance. Every insurance company can collect, you know, payment and you hope that you never use it. Right. But sure. it's at the point when you actually have to make the claim. You have to use the insurance company. It's, you know, how well are you going to be covered? And you really want to look to that financial stability rating as a guiding measure to say, you know, what have they done in the past and how do they treat their clients in the law of large numbers? And with that being said, you know, I only write A-rated companies with Goosehead. So these are companies that, you know, that A-rating stands for an unbelievable ability to pay out claims. So, you know, I don't write any, you know, the general or any of these, you know, very subpar non standard companies. Additionally, too, you know, uh, even companies like, like State Farm, uh, you know, it's a great example for me. Um, they have a, a, a very, very strong marketing team. Mm-hmm. I think they're the best marketing company in the history of the world. Yeah. Uh, I think that's really largely the only thing that they've become. Um, when you look at their financial stability ratings and you look at their claims process ratings, I mean, it's it's subpar max. Really? Um, Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, I, I've had so many clients, Tosh, in the past. I mean, it's like, just get me away uh, from State Farm. I'll pay Honestly, I-, I was one of those people. I left State Farm a long time ago, but I just didn't realize that they would be considered subpar because to your point, you see the marketing and you always see Allstate, then you see State Farm, right? And I, yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, very below average, you know, claims rating. Um, and you know, insurance will, I'm sure we'll dive into it a little bit more in depth where I can get kind of the, the why behind it all, but you know, it's a devil's in the details industry. I mean, this is absolutely something that you have to look at the fine print of each policy. You have to look at the fine print of the coverages. And well, I tell all my clients, you know, we're not taught this stuff in school. You know, I I consider myself, you know, a pretty smart individual, but I had no idea what anything was, um, when it comes to insurance coverages, and, you know, if I didn't get in this this gig, if I bought a home or, you know, I got a car, I'm probably looking to State Farm and Allstate. Yeah. Uh, first, for first company to look through. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it just shows that that marketing effort that really drives the business. And I think it's a really dangerous thing, you know, when you look at these large representative samples of how well are these 
customers being treated and, and how often do their claims get paid out. Interesting. Let me piggyback off of that for a second. So the financial, I think you called it financial um, stability index. Is that something that only an agent would have access to such as yourself? Or is that something like uh, someone like me as a client would have uh, access to if they're looking for a company? Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's tethered basically off Moody's, uh, the Better Business Bureau. Um, That's a, a lot of where they get developed these ratings. Okay. Um, now, one thing that I can say is, you know, you go on any of these insurance companies, some of the best insurance companies in the world, you know, Geico, uh, sure. you know, Progressive, Goosehead, you know, no company is going to have a good rating on that when it comes to insurance, you mm-hmm. know, like in terms of reviews, um, okay. you know, nobody's going online to write a good review about an insurance <laughs> company. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they want to make sure people know that they weren't taken care of, um, And, you know, nobody's going to spend their time, you know, writing out a review for how fantastic their process is. So in terms of the stars, you know, there's a five-star rating for client reviews. Mm -hmm. Every company that I've looked through has three three stars or less. Mm -hmm. And these are the best insurance companies in the world. So you don't really necessarily want to look at that. You want to look at the Better Business Bureau rating and and Moody's. And and in that case, you want to be with an A-rated company. Um, And also, too, just in a referral business, you you typically want to go with, companies that have great, you know, referral ratings, things that your friends, family talk about, not just, Hey, you know, we all know State Farm. Cool. But have you had a claim? You know, okay. So now you've just paid your premiums every, every year for the last 15 years. And they do a great job of collecting your premiums, but how well have they paid a claim? And then if you really start diving into it, it's like, Oh yeah, you know, I've never had to use it, but my agent's nice enough. And yeah, yeah, I see them on on television every day. And that's not what you really want to look for. You Mm -hmm. want to dive into the the claims process and how well your claims are handled. And then in terms of maybe characteristics that we should be looking for in our agent, what would you consider that to be? Yeah. You know, we live kind of the dangerous aspect of it is we just live in an information heavy society, but then insurance has kind of devolved into this very, very non-transparent, slow, um, kind of lagging industry where this, the standard process really is just, Hey, sounds great. Can you go ahead and send me these quotes so I can take a look at it? You know, from my perspective, it's, I've never sent out quotes. I've never needed to, you know, I've always had the process of getting my clients on the line, spending 30, 45 an hour with my clients, explaining them the coverage, explaining them what they mean, what the claims process is going to look like, um, you know, what, what every coverage means or what every coverage doesn't mean. Yeah. The exclusionary benefits of, of the policies or, you know, withdrawals from the policy. So, um, you know, when you have an agent that's just using a marketing name mm-hmm. and sending out quotes and you have all these clients looking at the quotes and basically saying, okay, I see these premiums and I'm just going to go ahead and choose this lowest premium. It's not a very good place to be. Um, you know, they don't know what any of those coverages mean. So, um, you know, unfortunately, that's really the tough part of the industry as well. Um, because, you know, for me, it's frustrating where I want to look and, and take after my clients there's a really bad rep and a rep, bad reputation that's been built with a lot of agents of just, you know, the expectation of sending quotes and the expectation yeah. of just, you know, a name brand that they see on television where it's really the education that the agent provides. It's transparency. It's the availability. Um, and ultimately, Tasha, it's the power of choice. Um, yeah. you know, insurance is the one of the 
the absolute mandatory industries where you have to work with somebody that has multiple options else you will just not get you know truthful sentiments from agents yeah. they have to put food on their their family's table they have to put a roof over their head and that ultimately becomes just a sales gig and i've yeah. never felt ever that i've been in a sales role i have the power of choice i can pivot i don't care if you go to nationwide progressive would be mutual all yeah. state write all those companies and i'm just going to help you figure out which one's best for you and your needs and I can definitely attest to the fact, and and this isn't all just like praising Colin, but honestly, <laughs> you I can attest to the fact that you are very thorough in explaining things. And that's one of the first, well, honestly, that was one of the main reasons why I went with you because I learned so much in just a short period of time in speaking with you and other agents that I've worked with in the past. You're right. That's exactly what it was. It was, you know, do they have a friendly demeanor and how fast can they get me the quote? But, you know, I had questions and you were actually able to answer them intelligently and not just jargon. You know what I mean? Like right, you actually right. took the time to explain, okay, this is what this means. And here's an example, which is what I loved. So I, I know I really do appreciate that. Yeah. That, that means a lot. That, that, that's For my sure. goal. I, I slowly want the industry to become more and more transparent. That's my goal. I don't think any one man can do it. I don't think I can yeah. do it. But I think if we just get to more of an industry of, you know, sharing these quotes, yeah. you know, not by emailing them, not by texting them, but that the client never sees them because they don't need to. They're comfortable with what you're telling them. Yeah. You know, insurance is very dynamic. You can change the quote as you're going through with them. So if you send them a static quote, a lot of people get married to these quotes. But there's so many times where I started a quote. And all of a sudden, the quote by the end of it, the price yeah. looks completely different. The, the coverage looks completely different. That's something that's happened with you. You know, yeah, we, exactly. We kind of talked through the policy. And by the end of it, it was completely different than, than what I would have sent you. And uh, yeah. Since. And I was a very happy camper with that. So <laughs> <laughs> I know you can't always have a happy ending, but I, I was right. happy in that. <laughs> Appreciate it. So in terms of coverage, because that's a word you're going to hear a lot within the insurance industry. So what type of coverage should people purchase or consider themselves adequately covered? Yeah, that's it. another, all this stuff is, it's so, Theoretical, it's so yeah. in the details, right? It's, yeah. it's so, so complex. Um, you can whittle down to a very simple nature, but just asking questions like these, it's tough to answer, right? Because every situation sure. is completely different. Sure. Um, you know, in, in terms of what coverage, works best. It's what coverage suits you. And ultimately what I try to do is find the optimal intersection between price and coverage yeah. and the optimal intersection between price and coverage for somebody who is very wealthy, has multiple teenage drivers, is very scared about a frivolous lawsuit mm -hmm. is going to be completely different than somebody who has no family is single is trying to shop the most off price you know, doesn't have very many assets and just wants to find the most price competitive policy. So it's really just finding the optimal intersection between price and coverage for whoever I'm speaking to. And that goes into the dynamic, you know, relationship of these quotes and these conversations of finding what the client values, not what I value. It's all about what's doing best for them and their situation. Okay. Okay. So, I, and I, and again, I know this is kind of like very broad, but in terms of 
comprehensive coverage and liability insurance, what is, can you, can you go a little bit more into details as to the difference between those two? Absolutely. So you have two types of coverage, essentially, and this is going to be on the, on the auto insurance side of things, so the cash sure. side of things. Um, so the two coverages are going to be full coverage and then liability only. Mm-hmm. Um, now, full coverage is going to mean that you have deductibles included in it, a comprehensive deductible and a collision deductible. Now, the collision deductible is hitting anything in motion. Okay, mm-hmm. so when you get into an accident and you're in motion in the vehicle, that's going to be your collision deductible. Your comprehensive deductible is going to be for anything not in motion. So somebody steals your car, God forbid your car catches on fire, a tree falls on it, you know, there's a flood, picks up your car, um, you know, whatever it may be, that's going to be your comprehensive deductible. Now, the deductible means the money that you pay out of pocket first before the insurance company pays the rest. Um, Now, that's going to be full coverage. That's typically the most expensive part of the policy um, other than liability. And the liability is your protection for yourself and for others in the event of getting in an accident. So um, when you put the liability and the collision and comprehensive deductibles together, that's called full coverage. And then when you do liability only, it means I'm not going to utilize the deductibles. I'm going to save money because my car may be older. Let's say it's a 10 to 15 year old or more car. That's mm-hmm. typically when you don't want to be spending too much month over month because a, that the payout that you're going to get from the insurance company is going to be minuscule and you might as well just pocket those dollars, save that money to get a new vehicle or to not use the deductibles. Um, so those are kind of the two, two bucket options and, and liability is going to just be, you know, to pay for medical expenses, loss of wages, pain and suffering, emotional distress for either you, anybody in your car or for anybody in the car and the vehicle that you get in an accident with. Yeah. Yeah. And for the record, I'm so glad that I finally just went the liability route. (laughs) (laughs) My little 2005 Toyota Camry was getting up in vintage years, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, typically the uh, the other thing too that's really interesting is with Kelly Blue Book values, when you're trying to figure out with comprehensive collision, do I need full coverage? Do I not need full coverage? A lot of people get married to the Kelly Blue Book value. In my experience and a lot of other professionals' experience, you're typically going to see half the value amount paid out for a total, a, really? a total accident. Yeah. Those Kelly Blue Book values, it's like anything. Once you actually dive into it, you're going to get about half. So if you're oh. thinking through, you know, what's my car worth in the event of an accident, mm-hmm. don't think about it as this is what Kelly Blue Book is saying. It's very inaccurate. That's going to be the most pristine and the most optimal payout in terms of what your vehicle is valued at. Okay. Now I'm wondering why are we so married to Kelly Blue Book now, if it's going to be half of that, most likely, is it just like a marketing thing? Kind of like back to the state farm and exactly. Really? Yeah. So like with everything, and it's just, it's once you dive into all these things and, and you really get down to brass tacks, it's so different than what appears, um, you know, with all these things, it, it's like, even with credit repair, um, utilization. It's like, yeah, you know, they can market that your credit's going to get repaired. But at the end of the day, you know, these, these things can do very, very negative things to your credit score in the long run. Right. So, um, you know, it's, it's very interesting. Like with everything, there's so much under the surface level. Um, and that's why you always just want to be speaking with somebody that you trust. And again, try to find people that aren't direct salesmen. They're not going to have 
fall in love with one product. They're not going to fall in love with one offering. Um, they're going to be able to give you unsolicited or uh, they're going to be able to give you unpartisan uh, advice in terms of what, the decision that you make. Yeah, I, I cannot stress that enough because like I said, I've I've worked with agents that belong to just one particular company and you're absolutely right. Like you just get kind of like the party line, if you will. Right. And yeah, I mean, you, you have not been biased in any of your you know, suggestions to me. So I, I, I fully get behind that <laughs> advice so much. <laughs> yes, yes. Very important. Very. Yes. Important. Yes. So what can we do to get a favorable rate? Because, you know, it seems like there's so much going on out there. What are some of the things that we can do that's in our control that can help us lower the cost of what we end up paying for insurance? Yeah. Yeah. So there's about 40 different factors, Tosh, oh, wow. on okay. the auto side of things and on the home side of things. Okay. So not many people know this, you know, obviously the most, um, I, I guess the most comprehensive one is going to be just being safe, right? Sure. It's a, you're, we're dealing in risk here. So mm-hmm. the less risky you are on paper, the better rate offering that you're going to get. So they're going to have representative samples of previous coverages that you have, of previous claims that you made. And the more that you have, the more likely that they're going to have a claim that they're going to need to pay out for you. So they're going to say, okay, you know, we can't lose money on this individual because they're very risky. So we're going to charge them more money um, and make sure that we don't lose too much in the event of the likelihood that we are going to have to pay out the claim based on their past behavior. Um, So that's the biggest thing um, is just, you know, be safe, put the phone down, focus on the road. Um, You know, at the end of the day, this is why financially responsible people are typically safe drivers. Mm -hmm. Um, This is why, you know, typically, you know, more well-off individuals, when you look at actuarial tablings, they're going to be more responsible on the road as well. Um, These people just value so much in protecting themselves and protecting other people, not getting in frivolous, you know, lawsuits, not putting themselves in a position to be in a really bad situation. Um, so that's the biggest one. And then additionally to, you know, a financial rating is also, you know, kind of built in, uh, to your, your insurance score. So not many people know that, um, what happens is, is they're going to take your financial stability rating, how many open accounts you have across the board. Um, it's not a hard credit hit, but it's a soft credit general inquiry. Um, so it doesn't impact anything. It doesn't damage anything. You're not even going to know. Um, it's at a hard co- pull, but there's a soft rating of, okay, about what kind of credit range is this person in? The lower oh. credit that you have, um, the more likelihood they're going to want to charge you more because, you know, you're riskier in terms of, is this person going to pay my premiums? Um, and then more specifically too, in terms of something tangible is just having good coverage. And when I say coverage, there's different buckets of liability that you can have. So typically the most standard buckets are going to be the top coverage, 250000 500000 mm-hmm. uh, 100000 300000 50000 100000 and then state minimum limits coverage, which is going to be 25000 50000 or 30000 60000 depending on the state. Um, and what that means, it's going to be your per-person liability and your aggregate accident liability. So how much you're going to pay out or get for yourself in terms of medical expenses, loss of wages, pain and suffering, emotional distress. Now, when you're making these decisions, it's not only as, okay, do I really need this? Is this over-insuring? You basically want to have a level of coverage where it shows these insurance companies, I do value insurance. I do want to be covered. 
I am a responsible individual and I want to show that on paper. So for anybody that I possibly can, um, I'm trying to get them to 100,000, 300,000 or above. Um, because when you run new rates for individuals, what happens is, is they pull your previous insurance. So if somebody comes from state minimum liability limits, it's really just showing insurance companies. I do not care about insurance. I want to get the lowest rate and I don't care about liability or risk. Wow. Um, and I'm okay with that. And so insurance companies, they charge so much more. You know, that's the reason why I don't even ethically write state minimum limits. I've had terrible situations in the past where the liability just hasn't been enough. But then more so, it's just, why would I write something that's going to damage my client's ability to get a favorable rate moving into the future? Yeah. Because um, you can yeah, literally yeah. see the price points go down if they came from higher coverages. And that's something that I, I walked through with some clients. It's like, you know, if you came from 5,100 instead of 2,550, you would have been at this rate. And if you came from 100, 300, you would have been at this rate, which is even lower, wow. and 2,500 even lower. So it's all risk and the less risky you appear on paper, the less risky you appear on the road, um, the, the more favorable rate that you're going to get. You know, what's super interesting in what you just said. So especially in terms of that state minimum, those folks are trying to save money, but in the long term, they're actually spending more. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. <laughs> so, I mean, so much more, Tosh. It's so crazy. You, you get you get trapped in the, in the rat race when you're at these very low coverages because- <sighs> There's just not a really good way to get out of it. And at the end of the day, like I tell people, you know, unfortunately the situation is, and it's an accountability thing. You know, a lot of people sure, do understand sure. it, but it really is an accountability thing for, okay, I've got myself in this position. Now, what am I going to do to get myself out? Um, and it's just maybe taking it on the chin, you know, going to 5,100, paying X amount of dollars more um, in order to make yourself appear more favorable on paper. And then from 5,100, you know, let's say you're two of that builds and now you're getting, uh, you know, less of a, a hit on the chin to go to 100, 300. And then yeah. 100, 300, 50, 100, depending on the company, it's going to be where it doesn't get a negative rating for you. So that's going to be kind of the the break even. And then obviously 250, 500 and above is going to be, okay, this person is very responsible. This person is a great risk. Wow. We want, you know, as many people as possible um, at this coverage. Okay. That is super interesting. I didn't know that what you just shared. So again, I'm learning as well. <laughs> and, 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 and this is the thing, you know, there's only so much that you can share with individuals on the call because unfortunately, again, the marketing thing, you know, yeah. you don't hear about any of this, everybody's just trying to get the lowest price and yeah. so agents aren't looking out for the client. They're just going to do things that put food on their family's table. And if mm -hmm. that means dropping somebody down to 2550 to win a deal, they're going to do it. You know, they're going to wow. do it at the expense of the client. Yeah, that's, wow, wow, wow. Okay, yeah. <laughs> interesting. So what are the benefits of bundling your insurance? So for example, you know, sometimes, and, and this has happened to me before, sometimes I've had my auto and my home with different companies, and then other times I've had them bundled. So what would be the benefits of bundling your insurance? Benefits are, are, are pretty simple. So it's just the biggest discount in insurance. So if you're able to do it and it makes sense from an economic standpoint of view, then obviously do it. Mm -hmm. um, there are two types of bundles. And this is what, you know, makes my life so easy and enjoyable. And, and what I do is there's mm -hmm. a direct bundle and an indirect bundle. So a direct bundle means that you are with the same company for all lines of business, typically home and auto are the most yes. apparent and obvious. Um, that means that you're with, you know, Allstate, Allstate, Travelers, Travelers, Progressive, Progressive. 
Mm-hmm. They're going to give typically like a 10 to 15% discount on the premium. So let's say you have a, between both those, you have a $2,000 premium. You're going to get anywhere from like a $200 to $400 discount typically just to bundle it together. Now there's what's called also an indirect bundle, which is awesome because only brokers are going to be able to do it. And typically only very good brokerages because insurance companies are going to be want to place the business with the brokerage mm-hmm. because they just value it being in the brokerage. So I can write, you know, travelers on home, you know, progressive on the auto maybe, and they're going to give, you know, in their quoting process, um, you know, a lot of times what's called an indirect bundle. So is the other line of business in the and if so, they're going to give that same bundle discount of 10 to 15 to 20%. Interesting. Interesting. And so when we have these type of type of offers, right, what are also the benefits of paying your policy in full? Because this was something I, I actually, you know what, let you go into detail and explain that because I was totally blown away by the benefits that you get paying in full. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like everything, um, you know, just taking the risk away again, just all tethered in risk, right? These rates are just rates for how risky is this person? Um, So when you take away the risk of you potentially not paying your premiums, insurance companies love that, right? You know, they're getting the premium dollars up front. They're saying there's no ability for this person to default on their monthly payments we are going to get every dollar up front and we value that to be not as risky as somebody who pays it, you know, monthly or quarterly or whatever it may be. Um, and we want that business it's qualified business uh, in our heads. And um, it's going to be different with every company. Some give massive painful discounts, some give smaller painful discounts, but it is definitely sizable and it definitely scales off premium. So you can think, you know, if you have a $5,000 premium, you're paying for teenage drivers and you're just getting crushed. You know, I've seen discounts of seven fifty to a thousand dollars simply just to pay that premium in full. Wow, that is amazing! And one of the reasons why I wanted you to kind of touch on that is because I, a lot of these companies like State Farm and Allstate, and I, I don't think I'm the only person. They had you typically, yes, they, they didn't really talk about paying in full. So what they had you set up on was paying twice a year. And I remember you had mentioned that pulling. What was it? Um, oh my gosh! Like how your your policy could go up the second time because they had to pull twice. Does that make? Does that ring a bell? Yeah, absolutely. So that I there, there's two different types of policies on the auto side. There's six yeah. month policies and twelve month policies. So yeah. whenever I can write a twelve month policy, I will do it for the main reason that it only gives the insurance company one time a year to rate my clients. So if you get in an accident in month three you're not going to get rated on that until month 12. If you have a six month policy, you're going to get rated in month six. Your premium is going to go up X amount of dollars um, and you're going to get hit on that right away. Um, But additionally too, more than that is, you know, you're just locking in that rate um, for 12 months. So even if you do nothing wrong, something that a lot of people don't know, and it just leads to such a bad insurance process because they think that they're doing something wrong and it's not at all something that they do wrong. But again, we're just not taught about it is insurance only goes one way typically. And this is 97, 98% of the time, it's only gonna go north. So every year your insurance is gonna go up. It's gonna be for two reasons. Um, the first reason is gonna be pretty uh, you know, self-explanatory. It's just gonna be for inflation. Sure. Um, and for normal increases in business expenses on the back end. 
But the second one is unfortunate. But again, if you're dealing with risk, it makes sense. If you were an insurance company yourself, you do the same way. But if that person hasn't done anything wrong, they're one year closer to making a claim. So they're viewing the increase in risk because they haven't had anything happen to them. There's an increase in risk because they've been safe for that year. So it's going to go up slightly, typically, if we're not in a market like right now, because this market is yeah. terrible, yeah. Um, but it's going to go you know, slightly. So you're going to get handled for that risk of, okay, they're one year closer to paying out a claim, which is unfortunate. But again, you just got to put yourself in the, in the lens of an insurance company. If you were you know, dealing in risk and you were loaning out money to cover these clients, you know, you would think about it and you would say, okay, you know, John and Jane Smith or whoever, they haven't been in an accident this year, but I'm one year closer to paying out their claims. Wow. And, and part of that is super frustrating because if you're a very careful driver, or you're a careful homeowner, it's like, wait a minute, why are you betting against me? <laughs> <laughs> like, right, right, right. Like, if you think about it, what you just said, it's like you're betting against me. So it's kind of frustrating. <laughs> right. And, and so the, to give kind of the sunny side picture of that, though, Tosh, it is nice because those people are going to get rewarded in the long run. Yes. So there's going to be metrics of typically three years safe driving, mm-hmm. five years safe driving, 10 years safe driving. Now, if you can get to the 10 year safe driving mark, your insurance will typically start going down every renewal. Mm-hmm because they really want to keep your business. So not only will your premiums be incredible, but your premiums will, will start going down. And additionally as well, this is something that I always recommend, you know, just having that knowledge of, okay, my, I'm expecting my insurance to go up. That's mm-hmm. very important. That's a very powerful tool in your mind because you don't want to be shopping your insurance around every single year. One, because it's going to be limiting the companies that want your business because from a business standpoint of view, the cost of acquisition for a new client is the biggest expense that a company can have. Oh yeah, for Very sure. expensive, right? So if they're looking at this, this client who might be a great driver, who might be you know the perfect risk, but they're shopping their companies every single year to squeeze out a couple more dollars every year, that's risky business. You know, They're saying, I'm going to keep this person for one year and they're going to shop me again. So they're going to actually raise the premiums to get more out of it because they know that you're not a loyal customer. And that's why typically my personal philosophy is I shop, I take it on the chin and I shop around for myself every three years. I'm going to get three-year continuous insurance. Other insurance companies are really going to love me. And it's also making sure that I'm typically always paying the most competitive premiums by looking at it every three years. Now, see, that is advice that I have never gotten (laughs) before in my life. That is super, super interesting. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's good to know. Of course, Good yeah. No, you, you think you know one uh, a person who writes one company, they're never going to suggest you. Of course, you yes, that that, that that is true. <laughs> that is why I went a different route this time. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I, I've as a new homeowner, I've learned a lot, and so kind of curious. And again, you don't have to get super detailed, but I'm kind of curious. How are condo slash homeowner insurance premiums created because it's crazy how one year it can be 300 next year it can be 900 so how is that created yeah yeah it's so it's going to be uh, base rates are going to be um typically computed for these insurance companies on the actuarial side of things where they're going to compute how much is this building um mm-hmm. your home or your condo how much is going to take to get rebuilt 
Um, that's what your coverage is, your dwelling coverage. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think it's the market value of the home. It's in no way, shape, or form the market value. It's simply just the rebuild cost. So it's based on a mathematical algorithm called an RCE uh, or replacement cost estimator, which is going to compute that rebuild cost and spit out a number. So this is something that you can change. It's based on county assessor data and building data online um, with these insurance companies. And they're going to compute that is your base rate. Um, so let's say you have a 1200 square foot single family home. Typically with a lot of states, you're going to be anywhere from 150 to $200 a square foot for rebuild, depending on how nice the, the home is or the condo is. Um, so when they are looking at these things, the amount of coverage that you get for the coverage A, let's say it's $200 a square foot, it's a nicer home. Mm -hmm. You can think your rebuild is going to be $240,000. So they're saying how much are we going to charge for $240,000 of dwelling? And then all the other coverages are a percent of the $240,000. So those are going to be standard percents. Now there's going to be something called endorsements. These are things that you can add on to the policy. They're going to be more state-specific coverages. So one that's huge in the Midwest that I always try to recommend to clients is going to be water backup. Yeah. Whenever anybody has water that backs up where it's supposed to go down, mm -hmm. it's going to be typically five to $10,000 of coverage there to protect you. Um, so it, it's really just based on the base rates and that's based on the mathematical algorithm that RCE that generates the rebuild cost of your homes. Interesting. Interesting. So, uh, I probably should have asked this sooner, but what is a claim? I know we've, we've already touched on that terminology, but what is a claim and when should you actually file one? Yeah. So a claim is going to be whenever you have damage. So insurance is a cause and effect industry. It's whenever you have an effect, AKA damage what is the cause? And if the cause is covered, your claim is gonna get covered. So let's take water backup. This is a great one. You know, A lot of people are trying to squeeze out premium dollars. They have these quotes shipped out, mm -hmm. they're going off price. So insurance agents aren't including these very pertinent and important coverages because they're trying to win these deals without talking to these people, without suggesting these things. Wow. So they're gonna ship out the quote without, you know, let's say water backup. And now you have water that backs up out of, let's say uh, bathroom. Uh, right um and let's say it goes on the floor damages the flooring itself maybe you left your laptop in there um mm -hmm. any personal property that you have on the floor it damages those things well, when you go to make a claim let's say you don't have water backup on it well your cause isn't protected so they're going to deny that claim this is why insurance gets a terrible rep is because it's basically always going to be the cause and when you're just sending out quotes not explaining these things it's just, you know, leading to a terrible situation where clients aren't aware of these things. They're not aware of what's not what's not covered. They're not aware of what is covered. Um, so they're going to get that claim denied, um, which is, you know, terrible. But let's say you have water backup on it. They're going to say, yeah, you have X amount of dollars to cover that water backup coverage. You pay your deductible. So just like auto insurance, you have mm -hmm. a X amount of dollars that you pay up front and then the insurance company pays the rest. Um, so again, that's just that devils in the details aspect of these policies. That's just so, so important to go over. See, that's what I'm talking about. I feel like that should be mandatory to have those type of conversations. And and you're absolutely right. It's not. And you're definitely not going to have that, as as you already mentioned, if you're with one company. Right. That right. Crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Yes. Yes. And and it, it, it's also sad too, Tosh, because just from my perspective, you know, there's so many times where I don't even get the opportunity to speak to a client, um, maybe that I referred to or, you know, whatever. And or they're looking for me to send quotes. It's like their condition 
to send me the quotes. It's true. Me, it's like, I don't have this podcast of, you know, it's been 37 minutes, 37 minutes to explain everything that goes into how dangerous that is. You know, nobody yeah. has time for that. Nobody wants to listen to that kind of stuff. So it, it's really unfortunate, right? It, it really is that that's become the industry, that that's become the norm. Um, you should never, ever, ever just want to get a quote and you should never really get sent a quote because it's dynamic. You can change it all when you're talking to your agent or your broker. Um, you can add these coverages in. All that, all the pricing, all the coverages are going to shift um, when you start asking these questions. Yeah. And, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on. Because, again, I, you know, I'm 40, not trying to hide that. And I, I have yet to have an agent that has really gone into the detail that you've gone into, but also being able to explain it in such a way that it just makes sense. It's not just jargon. Like you can actually understand it if you just take the time to, you know, ask the correct questions and, and really listen, because you're right. A lot of us have been conditioned into receiving quotes and, and just, okay, this one's lower, but low is not always the best. Yeah, I I have learned that very, very quickly that, you know, that could be very costly in the long run. So, you know, that that leads to my next question. What is the one thing I'm sure there's probably many, but what's the (laughs) what's the one thing that you wish everyone knew about insurance, but they don't? This is a tough one, man. This is a tough one. Let me think here. Um, I really think that the number one thing um, that individuals would understand is just how their rates are made and how they're generated. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's all based on the principle of risk appetite. So risk appetite is, you know, what every company wants. And the more that you fit in with the company's risk appetite, AKA, you know, some companies, let's say, let's take travelers and let's take progressive, right? So travelers loves qualified business. They like people with good financial scores. They like people with, you know, low amounts of claims in the past. Mm -hmm. They like people with high coverages. If you're one of those people, they're going to have a risk appetite that's very favorable for you. They're going to charge you a very, very low base rate because Mm -hmm. they want the business more. Let's take progressive. On the other hand, they're notoriously a teenage driver company. You know, if you're not with, you know, a couple companies, progressive mainly, for if you have a teenage driver, you are not paying the most competitive premium because they love teenage drivers. Hmm. Now, does travelers who likes qualified business and progressive who likes teenage drivers, if somebody who has teenage drivers looks at travelers, <laughs> does that make travelers worse because they're going to ask for two times the premium um, as opposed to progressive for the same coverages? Of course not. You're just outside of that risk appetite. And that's, again, why the power of choice is just so, so, so important because you could be paying X amount of dollars and be with a totally wrong company for you and your needs just based off the principle of risk appetite, which is how your your rates are generated. Wow. Yeah, excellent point. Excellent point. Well, all right. So another question that I have for you, and I ask this question of everyone that comes onto the show. We're in 2023. If you had to choose one word to represent your goals for this year, what would it be and why? Ooh, um, I would say, um, I would say scary. Honestly, I, I 
kind of the person that I, I want to challenge myself. I want to push myself as much as I can. And I think if your, your dreams and your goals don't scare you to say out loud. And if people don't laugh at them, um, you're just kind of shortcutting yourself. Um, like so, <laughs> nice. Honestly, uh, what I would say, I've got, you know, I'll share with you some, some kind of big news as well. You know, I'm a young guy, I'm 26 years old. Um, you know, already been, already been doing this for five years. Um, and uh, I've got a very exciting thing ahead of me. I'm actually going to be one of the youngest um, individuals in the entire Midwest to open their own franchise, um, which really? is fantastic. So I'm going to still oh, be. That's a- awesome. I didn't know that. Fantastic. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But again, you know, that's scary. I'm operating and owning my own business at 26 years old, obviously going to be doing the same thing under Goosehead Insurance, just with my own own business. And starting over is scary. Having your own business this young is scary. Yeah. Um, but it's a good thing. It's all a very good thing. And I'm very blessed. Yes, yes. And well, you already know you got me as a guarantee. I'm just going to be following you along for the ride, buddy. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, last but not least, what's the best piece of advice that you have for people searching for the best insurance company and aspiring insurance agents? Okay. So I think the biggest thing is just, this is just the, one of the industries where you have to talk to somebody who is unbiased. Yeah. Um, you know, sure. you, you really do. Um, you have to talk to somebody who has the power of choice. You know, I'm, I'm sure I'd love a lot of, you know, state farm agents, captive farmers agents, captive nationwide agents. They're probably all great people. But at the end of the day, you know, these people are going to choose their family and yep. their needs in front of you. And yep. that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Everybody's yep. got to feed themselves and put a roof over their head. But that, when you're looking to do something that's best for you, you have to some, choose somebody who is, um, you know, not going to be partisan in any decision making or, or advice offering. Um, so I would say that's the biggest one is just make sure that you work with a broker. And yeah. it, I, I really do believe in that. Um, and then in terms of uh, in terms of advice to new you know, insurance agents is, you know, this is a very, very tough industry. It really is. You know, um, I, I have a lot of unbelievable and awesome clients, you know, Tosh, you're obviously one of them and I'm very blessed, but if you're good at this job, um, you're going to get a ton of clients. Um, and, you know, for instance, I just eclipsed my 1000th client in, you know, five years. And that's something that not a lot of people do for 30 years. And while I'm blessed, you know, my phone is ringing every single second of every day and it's the nature of the beast. Um, you know, not many times do I get to pick up the phone for good news. You know, you're just in a risk industry. Um, you are in a business where um, you're just going to hear a lot, of, a lot of bad things. A lot of my price went up. A lot of my, um, I have this claim I got in this terrible accident. And, um, you know, if you're going to be inspired, kind of inspired to, to join the industry, I, I think just preparing for that mentally mm-hmm. uh, really just understanding what your career is going to be like. Um, it can be a very lucrative career, um, but at the end of the day, um, I think you want it to be lucrative in the emotional sense, not just the you know the physical sense. Sure, um, sure. Getting into it just to you know make a lot of money first. There's no money to be made in the first three years. 
Um, it's a volume game and it's a referral game, but um, you know, additionally as well, there's so many different industries where you're not going to have as much headache and as much, um, you know, kind of stress. Um, and you have to really just be somebody who's able to take these tough conversations in the chin, able to keep your head up, um, through tough day after tough day, um, and really just continue to look out for, for clients' best interest and, and try to be as selfless as possible. Yeah. And I can personally attest that you have been all of those things, hence why you have had, you know, had the success that you have. So again, congratulations. I didn't know that. So that that's fantastic, man. That is awesome. That is, that's goals right there. That's awesome. <laughs> well, Colin, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I really appreciate it. I really, really do. And if folks wanted to get in touch with you, how can they go about doing so? Yeah, definitely. Always happy to help uh, shop around and, and kind of just give you know solicited advice where, where you need help. So feel free to contact me via email. Uh, my first and last name, C-O-L-I-N, Colin, period, Jameson, J-A-M-I-S-O-N at goosehead.com. Um, and then you can always reach me via text or, or phone call at 312-764-5752. I'm always happy to help. Fantastic. Fantastic. And all of that information will be on the Hustle and Faith website, as well as in the show notes. Colin, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Tosh. And, um, you know, to everybody out there too, Tosh has been, um, you know, wonderful. You can tell how much she, you know, gets after it personally and, and it's just been a joy. So every time I've talked to her, she's put a smile on my face and I appreciate you doing this and trying to give an educational grasp to a lot of individuals without, um, kind of anything asked in return is, is very noble. And I admire that. So thank you for all that you do as well, Tash. Oh my gosh. I wasn't expecting that. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. I really appreciate it. <laughs> you bet. You bet. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy listening to Hustle and Faith and would like to support the show, please consider sharing it with your friends, rate or leave a review, donate, or make a purchase at Starring You Crew, our fitness apparel shop. Remember, if you're everything to everyone, the risk being no one. You never know who you will inspire. See you in the next episode.